Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The The Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence. I'll say this, not to say that I disagree, but... I disagree. Oh my God. Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. Flexers ready? Let's get to it. Welcome on into the Flex, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. Head on over to broadwaysportsmedia.com for all of our great content. I tell you, this week it was a close shave for our sit-start results. We'll get to those in just a little bit. Oh, is that, is that your transition? You're not even saying my name. Can we start over and you actually say... I thought you were going to say Zach. Speaking of oh, close good idea. shades. They just spilled uh, white clothes. So <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, we don't, we don't get to start over. This goes all in. Oh. They, they love this part of our show. No, I'm kidding. I'll start over. <laughs> Me, did you not just say that you were going to say, speaking of close shaves? That, he did say that. And then, okay. But he didn't follow it up with anything. No, no, no. He said, then you can he jump said, in with. Right. Oh, I just got to jump in. Yeah. You jump in with oh. speaking of close shaves or something like well, whatever. Yeah, but you guys say it. Did I not he, say it was a no, close you, shave? No, you did say, say close shave. All this. And let's, it, let's, it just, let's just use all this. It'll be great content. Just, Zach, hit Zach, us with your ad. Speaking of the results of the sit start this week, it was a close shave of who edged out for the win. Is that good enough? Speaking of speaking of close shaves, both of our presidential candidates are closely clean shaven. And I think that would be an important time right now to talk about an important choice as Americans that we all have to make. And it's that time of the year where either you can bide your time or pull a trump card and clean up your roster. And here's what I'm going to say. You have to keep the boys that hold the balls tidy. And that's where Manscaped.com comes in with the Lawnmower 3.0. The closest, cleanest, tidiest shave that your sack that holds your men in place can get. You can go all the way all up in your shower, just shave away, just go. And it doesn't matter because it's 100% waterproof. And not only that, you're never going to get the tangles. None of that pulling. None of that razor burn. None of that. All up in there, clean, smooth, where she's going to be like, hey there, boy. Or he's going to be like, hey there, boy. It doesn't matter who it is because it all is good for your genitals. And let me say this. You can go to manscaped.com get 20% off and free shipping with code BROADWAYTN. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-Y-T-N.com. Well, you don't put the .com in, but you can go there and just hang out. Probably going to get a 502 error. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, go to manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping. B-R-O-A-D-W-A-Y-T-N, manscaped.com. What else do you need? Just a little bit of clean shave. It's not really a shave. It's more of a trim because you don't want to go full on Luke Picard on the balls. You want to go a little bit. Listen, I see that Justin is trying to wave me on, but 
I watched, uh, was this, uh, there's some guy on YouTube that does these ads and he goes on for five minutes. That's so, a skippable ad. A skippable ad. This is not oh, a Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, I wasn't given the option <laughs> Zach's, to skip it. Zach's watching the whole ad every I time. I watched the whole ad. Did they give me an option to skip watch. it? I just want to watch our Among Us highlights. Good Lord. Well, you we know what you can't skip? <laughs> good ball hygiene. Do not skip good ball hygiene. That is a manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping, code BroadwayTN. That is a, man, that's a lot to learn there. Fantastic. I love it. For everybody. For everybody. Take care of your balls. Speaking of take care of things, let's take care of the show a little bit, get back on track here a little bit after this wonderful intro that we've had. You know, we had our most views ever this last week on YouTube, so we're doing something right. It's entertaining. This is great. I love it. But we're going to get to our segment, our very first segment here, What? Did we learn? And Greenlaw, I don't think I've ever kicked it to you first. So in fair play here, kick us off with something that you've learned. Wow. I'm, I'm truly honored, uh, Ryan. So thank you. What I learned this week is that you were wrong about Josh Allen and the rest of us were right. He sucks. He had 14 of 27 this week for 122 yards. That's horrible. And I also learned a little fun fact here. Kirk Cousins is almost on pace to pull off a Jameis Winston. Right now, he is on pace to throw 29 touchdowns and 27 interceptions. And as we know, a Jameis Winston is a 30-for-30 season. So it's within reach for for Kirky. And if he keeps on throwing three first-half interceptions, he'll get there easily. Another documentary season incoming. Mm Mm-hmm. I love it. It's it's must-watch football for sure. Must-watch football. All right, JG, quickly over to you. What did you learn? I learned that sometimes the matchup is not as important as the player and that you should always start your studs. But even then, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin kind of will let you down. So the matchup's still important. It's not just like, I can start Terry McLaurin every single week. Like, the matchup's still important. (laughs) Yeah, that's real important. We'll get to mine too, Zach. But go ahead, you first. Well, I learned that I was right and you were wrong, Ryan, about Juju Smith-Schuster. And Juju has one game over 85 yards since Antonio Brown left, who Antonio Brown is about to, I don't know, go to the Seahawks or something. He hasn't been around for like a year and a half or something. Like, Juju Smith-Schuster sucks. Me and Greenlaw both said they would, much like Josh Allen. But you touted the flame. You carried it like an Olympian <laughs> about to light the torch at the Atlanta, 1996 Atlanta uh, field grounds. I don't know what they call it. I kind of lost it there. But either way, <laughs> you know who else lost it? Juju Smith-Schuster. Don't know when, but he lost it. Yeah, I'm not real proud of it. I'm done with him. Uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't even get me a win in the flex last week, so I'm done with it. I don't even play the sound effect for to him. To be honest, I was going to go Dallas Cowboys defense, but uh, Greenlaw went with dogging on you, so I kind of just, like, you know, took, <laughs> took that again. Yeah, my technology is working wonderfully again for me tonight, so, yeah, this is great. Um, well, let's get to what I learned. And to play off what you said, JG, about always play your studs, right? That should be a rule. Always play your studs. I mean, come to think that. I learned that it's not – proper to make assumptions in fantasy football because last week on this show I said I had two tough choices with what I had left to pick from in my six starts for quarterbacks and I said out loud Aaron Rodgers was matchup proof guys he scored zero points 
He wasn't hurt. He played the whole game. I checked. I thought for sure he went out on the first drive. He did a, a McCringleberry dance or whatever, hit thrust, which I thought was a touchdown, but I don't even know why he was dancing. It got, un, <laughs> it got overturned, and then Aaron Jones punched it in from the one-inch line. Did it really? Zero points. He really did that, and it got overturned? Even Zero. I didn't know that. Yep. Zero. And I know everything. So that's, that's, what I, that's what I learned. I learned to uh, make something. Right. So that's what we learned this week. But we do owe some people some apologies. I'm not going to apologize for my stance on Juju Smith-Schuster because I'm just done with him. I was wrong. I'll admit it. I'm not going to apologize for it. Well, shouldn't you apologize to the people that you steered wrong? <laughs> oh, I, I felt like I felt like my uh, I felt like my basis and my facts were great. But no, you know what? Moving on. But trying to transition to this, we do owe some other apologies. So, JG, look like you have something to say there, or do you want to kick us off with our apologies? No, I was just talking about, like, Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, not to be off track, but, like, to defend the talented player that he is, his role is just not – I mean, for fantasy purposes, he's lost. But for talent purposes, when he's a Tennessee Titan next year to replace Corey Davis, it'll all be fine. We'll see. I'm done with him. I don't want him. On, I don't want him on the Titans. I'm done with him. He's 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 made me look horrible for too long. <laughs> Poor choice. Poor choice. As As such a roundabout error. Though I'm okay. As such a roundabout way to get to be like, oh, I was kind of wrong, but you know, I'm gonna be right in 2021. That's I'm not right or wrong. Just I'm just said. saying. I mean, I you're, said. you're definitely wrong in 2020. It's Justin, wherever he's at, I don't even know where he is on screen. Anyway. Who do you owe an apology to, though, JG? I owe an apology to – this hurts me to say it because the Lions are an offense that any smart person would back in fantasy football. So my apology is, of course, to Zach and Greenlaw for thinking for some reason that I was not on the Lions bandwagon anymore. So I'm not going like, <laughs> to apologize wow. to the Lions wow. for abandoning All right. me. Just pause wish, right there. We're going to roll the clip from yeah. a couple weeks ago. It's going right here. I was so high on the <laughs> Lions, especially after they beat the Cardinals. I was like, all right, the Lions found their stride. Here we go. This is going to be what we kind of thought more or less going into the season. Pause the podcast. You if you're listening audio only, pause the podcast, go to the video, and see our reactions to this <laughs> asinine statement by Justin, who is giving out a out-of-his-ass kind of an apology right now because we all know before the show started that this guy was still struggling with his sit-start and what he was going to do. So now he pulls <laughs> a half-assed apology to apologize for us, to us, for abandoning the bandwagon, but us perceiving that he abandoned the bandwagon. Like, give me a, come on, give me a break. Wag that band. Wag that band. Not on my list. But it did seem like you were making it up on the spot when you were starting because you kind of took your time getting into it. And I was well, like, well, I was trying to like, uh, I didn't want to give away the, I wanted to like make it sound yeah, like, it okay. the yeah, okay. Lions. Yeah. Well, I listen. Our viewers for having to sit through that and Greenlaw keep us going. Yeah, me too. So I would like to make a really sincere apology. Justin's was crap. I mean, I don't think anything else needs to be said about it. But I'd like to apologize to Mike McCarthy. I thought Mike McCarthy was a bad coach. I thought he handled in Green Bay the Rodgers situation poorly and just the team generally really, really poorly. It was, it was a toxic situation. He got fired, took a step back from the game a little bit. You know, he got 
analytics all over himself. And then he became a changed man, you know? Turns out analytics don't help you when you're just a bad coach to begin with. So I'm sorry, Michael, I undersold you as a terrible coach. (laughs) And and I'm sorry that you got analytics spilled all over your face. I mean, it's a personal (laughs) choice, I guess. Yeah. You know what? I want to piggyback off that and apologize to the people really quick because I wrote on BroadwaySportsMedia.com my preseason bets that Mike McCarthy was my best bet <laughs> for Coach of the Year. And while I was insanely— Did you really? I need to subscribe to this website. What website is this? It's uh, www.BroadwaySportsMedia.com, and you can subscribe anytime. And here's the thing. I was amazing when I said that Russell Wilson was a great bet for MVP— but I was so wrong when I said that Mike McCarthy was a good bet for coach of the year because he's a good bet for worst coach of the year that's not named Adam Gase or somebody else who's already been fired. So there's an apology for you. Suck it. Yes. Wow, another not genuine apology. Yeah, I really just don't feel it. Zach, could you please save this? Because we had to go back to the JG train for weird apologies. Can you please get us back on course? (laughs) Look. Here is a sincere apology, unlike what JG has given, and not the backhanded cut down that Greenlaw has given so far. I was wrong about Kenny Drake two weeks ago. We, we, for the most part, I think some of this podcast was, but I will take the blame. I was on the anti-Drake train pretty hardcore after the first few weeks. And then I go back and look at it, and from the perspective of a standard scoring format for a fantasy running back, which is a little bit harder to achieve a top, you know, 15, top 24 scoring, he's number 13. Yes, that may not be the top 12 pick that you spend on, but if you're looking at a second-round pick, not only is he top 13 in just standard scoring, he's top 20 in PPR scoring so far. He's the 25th most consistent running back, so he's still hovering around that second-round spot. And his he's not losing snap counts. Like, we all assumed two weeks ago, okay, after Chase Edmonds went off, he'd be losing snap counts. He's not. He had one of his highest snap counts to date against the Dallas Cowboys, Sure, they were ahead, but it doesn't really seem to look at, when you look at the pattern, he's hovering around 68 to 71. That's not a big drop. Kenyon Drake, I'm sorry that I believed in you and then I dropped you, and here I am begging for forgiveness. In fact, I even said that I try to trade for you, and the owner in my legal record turned me down, and I said I would never try to trade for you again. You know what I did first thing this morning? Try to trade for you. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, I recognize through not only just my words but through my actions that I am truly sorry, and I beg for your forgiveness. And I hope you hear this at KenyonDrake.com. Did you try to uh, trade with him using IBM Watson? Uh, I did not, but I did try to trade uh, Raheem Mostert and uh, Odell Beckham for him. So are you apologizing to me also? Because I did say to start Kenyon Drake last week. No, I'm, so you well, I will show. never apologize to you unless you actually absolutely deserve it. <laughs> I got to apologize to the people in our league for me sitting those IBM Watsons. I think they're funny. I just want to see who's going to bite. 
<laughs> Someone will. Someone, Someone will think it's I great. Like, I, they're the most ridiculous things ever. I'm like, I don't even want this trade. I'm going to sit it anyway and see if somebody's idiot. Oh, oh. Speaking of our league, I apologize for being six and zero. Oh. I'm so sorry, you guys. Uh, no, put that up there with the JG apologies. Get that out. No, of I am truly sorry. It's not even fun to put be that above the JG apologies. Put that way up there. <laughs> so here's my apology, guys. And I gotta, I gotta, I think that I've done something terrible. And I, I need to take a second here. You killed another family raccoon, of raccoons. Raccoons again. <laughs> worse than the raccoons. This worse than the raccoons. Oof. I've been in demand season. I have to apologize to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I feel my lack of confidence in you last week to say that you were going to be a sit caused you to lose your job. I know the Miami coaches heard me. They said, well, if Ryan Watson had, doesn't have the confidence in Ryan Fitzmagic and he gets it right by saying to sit him, it, his time's over. It's two a time in Miami. We're going to move forward. We're done. So I have to apologize because to still align, I knew it was going to be coming, but to still align for the Matrix. Not like this. He's having a good season, all, all jokes aside. I, it's a little bit surprising, so I have to apologize because I know that that's what did it. It was nothing else I, nothing else I can point to other than they listened to me say to sitting him, and they took it seriously. What if Brian Flores started Ryan Fitzpatrick in fantasy and he got him so few points this week, he was like, you're done. You are done as my But didn't he, like, like <laughs> this is why I didn't understand. Didn't he have, like, three passing touchdowns in, like, the first quarter or something? Like, yeah, and then he just backed off. I was, like, I was really getting worried there for a second. How I was are like, you not top 12 after that? Like, that's passing fantasy, touchdowns. Fantasy bros, you're on notice. Passing touchdowns are so easy nowadays that you can have three of them and not be a top 12 quarterback. Yeah, mm-hmm. clearly it happened because I, I, I swear I knew I was going to get that wrong, and apparently I did. So I was, like, Okay, so that's my apology to Ryan Fitzmagic. Uh, you lost your job. You, you had to sit there. I thought the line today was kind of uh, horribly dark humor funny, having to sit there for four hours with the guy who just fired you in the same meeting room with the guy who's replacing you. It's just that's got to be a weird feeling for him because I really – I mean, he had seven interceptions and, and ten touchdowns, but he was, I think, 12th in the league in yards and 13th touchdowns respectively. So I don't, I don't think he was having a bad season. So – Oh, well, but moving on. So I said the city last week, uh, but before we get to I'm towards- glad you apologize for that, though, because none of our mistakes cost someone their job. I'm just going to put yeah. that out there. I feel absolutely horrible. Yeah. I, I, Besides I was- maybe Justin's apology when we boot him off the show for his half-assed apology to us. <laughs> I'm not going to boot him off the show. Maybe just mute his mic for a little bit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> who has control over the mutes, huh? Yeah. <laughs> He's producing the show. Uh, are you mute me, motherfucker? <laughs> oh, okay. I fucking will. Right, I can't so before <laughs> before we get to the sit starts, the ever popular segment, I want to give a small chance here for JG to redeem himself from his apology and plug something he's been working on. Talk about it. We talked about it a little bit before the show. I know at this point in time you're looking at me kind of weird. You asked me to put a spot in here to for you to plug the merch. I did. Yes, you did. You confused mother. <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about okay so we are having a broadway uh our shop is going full force broadwaysportsmedia.com slash shop or slash products depending on whatever uh jg decides at the last minute when he comes down from his uh confusion um we're gonna have shirts tana thrill shirts gonna go ahead and throw it out there they're gonna be awesome proceeds to it go to his charity of choice 
which is going to be another awesome perk. So we got the Heimerdinger. We have Tannehill's thing. Charity. I mean, like, who who else can we give money to? Because that's what we do at Broadway Sports. It's not about us. It's about the community. It's about the Titans community. So we have charities up the wazoo that we like to donate to. Not only that, you're going to have the better quality shirts, better quality hoodies, koozies, phone covers. You're also going to have um, maybe a pillow here and there. JG doesn't really want to put pillows up on the shop, but hey, maybe we'll have some body pillows of the flex. We don't know. Either way, go to broadwaysportsmedia.com slash shop or slash products in like a couple of week days. And maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but in a couple of days, you'll see it pop up on the website. What does it say? It says to plug the merch tonight. <laughs> I just did. I know, but JG's looking at me like I'm stupid. I just want to prove it. I had to dig through the messages to find it. <laughs> that I said that? Greenlaw said it, but you liked it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm sorry. I didn't say that, and I don't remember that. So uh, I don't remember it at all because I didn't say it. It's been plugged. It's been plugged. The, the, it's been plugged. Zach, fantastic job tonight on both of your plugs for this for this company and for Manscaped, man. A+. plus. I think you're three sheets to the wind. Let me tell you that much. (laughs) Three sheets to the wind. All right. Since you're feeling pretty good, let's get on over to the sits starts for this week. Our the best segment in fantasy football going in the nation, where we give you our picks, our explanations, going through that. Justin, we picked on you a little bit tonight, but why don't you start us off with a quarterback to start this week? Well, this was part of my apology tour earlier in the show but the quarterback that i'm starting tonight is of course matthew stafford because this is just what you do you play the quarterback who's playing the falcons it's a weekly tradition at this point and this week that's who matthew stafford's playing so i know their defense looked better um with raheem morris as the head coach but that was kind of that like one week surge that you see Often happen when a team fires their head coach. And Kirk Cousins still had a pretty good game. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, he just got in the end zone. So I'm saying roll with the Lions quarterback, Matthew Stafford. They're going to throw the ball because that's what they do. Go get them, baby. Any rebuttal? I like it. He's back on board. I mean, we'll see. I I, I like the Detroit Lions uh, offense, but... I think it's going to be a DeAndre Swift game again. I just feel it. DeAndre Swift is coming to his own. He's the running back that everybody thought he was going to be. I was right, and Greenlaw was right last week when we said that this would be a DeAndre Swift game. And sure, is a little shaky at the beginning when Adrian Peterson bumped in that touchdown, you know, at the very beginning. But then DeAndre Swift went off. And I think he's going to continue to go off. You can basically old yeller Adrian Peterson out behind the farm. Yeah, I agree, but I think that the Jacksonville offense struggled to put up any points in response to what Detroit was doing, but the Falcons' offense is going to be a lot better than that. So I think that even if DeAndre Swift has a good game, I think it's going to help Stafford in the sense that he'll be able to catch a little dump-offs out of the backfield and breaking tackles making people miss. So I think Stafford's an easy play for top 12 QB. I'm going to say this. I'm kind of feeling this Raheem Morris team. And I think that uh, I think you're going to be wrong on this one. I'm going to put it put it in the bricks behind uh, 
Let's uh, make a bet, Ryan. baby. We haven't made a bet in weeks. We haven't made I think a bet he will be. I think it will be quarterback. He'll be outside the top twelve. Matt Stafford. Oh, bold. He's currently outside the top twelve. I mean, that's like really bold right there. The whole He's point of the start <laughs> sit is that you have to choose someone who's outside. Oh, the top. well, let it's me apologize for your misconception. Yeah, let me apologize for your misconception of how a bet works. But I focus on the now. And so I'd like to apologize that you didn't realize that. And so I'm going with Matt Stafford outside of the top 15. There we I'll go. That's a, that's a fair bet. That's a fair bet. That's a fair bet. That's more in. That's more of like placating a millennial. It's just like, you know, <laughs> just <laughs> put the pacifier in your mouth. Cheers. Speaking of apologies, I think that someone on the show probably should have apologized to Swift for how we, we – how rough we are with them and saying things like we don't want any part of the Detroit backfield and any of that. So, but that's neither. No, I think we were still right on that because we're in week seven or week six and you're just now seeing him emerge after a bye week. So I think we are still right against the worst defense and one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Yeah. If anything, you should apologize for trying to force that apology. Well, I was trying to transition to Greenlaw because he was the (laughs) one who actually said he didn't trust the, the running backs and one didn't want any part of it. So, Greenlaw, give us a sit at quarterback. Yeah, so uh, I'll go back to, to week one. I said sit him then. I'm going to say sit him now. Tom Brady against the Raiders. Vegas, this is a, a little bit of an onion hanger here, but I don't didn't like my options uh, out of this the top 12 quarterbacks. But Vegas is the 11th worst against uh, quarterbacks in fantasy. But – I think this is a game where they can lean on Ronald Jones a little bit. Vegas has the second worst run defense in the NFL. So they, they lean on Ronald Jones and then the Raiders offense is sixth in time of possession. They love these long drives or they, they're going to hold on to the ball quite a bit. So I can see where it's not just Brady doesn't have the passing attempts, but he's just not going to have the ball as much as he would in, in another game. All right. I love it. I like the time of possession stat. I'm going to steal that for future references. I like Thank it. You. I think you, Raiders, what did you write that down on, Zach, by the way? Oh, this handy-dandy notebook that you can actually see uh-huh. this time that I show it. In fact, it's real. this is a whole stat notebook. <laughs> one subject, football. That's the one subject. Nice. Perfect football notebook. Hey, and by the way, if this title of this episode is not Apologies for the Apologies, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come <laughs> Well, let me go and apologize for it not being that title no yeah that that title is done like warwick so moving on to my quarterback i'm i'm starting matt ryan this week and he's just outside the top 12 of quarterbacks i gotta stop doubting him when he has his healthy uh amount of, of receivers back julio jones is back looking good you already know about calvin ridley Hayden Hurst. It's just a, a complement of weapons he has down there, and they seem to be rolling, coming off a really good game. Coming into a, a matchup that originally I looked at, I, I didn't think it was just you know one of those outstanding matchups versus Detroit, but then when you look a little deeper at how many injuries Detroit's dealing with in the backfield, and they're not getting after the, the QB a ton. I think that's the important part to think about about Matt Ryan. When he is comfortable in the pocket, and able to, to go through his reach. He's a pretty good quarterback. You put any pressure on him whatsoever, it's when it starts to fall apart for him. 
And so you combine that with the injuries in the secondary and having to roll some backups in there, and the, the Detroit just doesn't get after the quarterback as much as some other teams do. I think this, this sets up for a really, really good day for Matt Ryan and what possibly could be a shootout game if Detroit's going to be throwing it as well. This could end up being, I got to say, with the two starts, you could be looking at Stafford and Ryan looking like the, in the top five quarterbacks. And I'll say this, I think Matt Ryan's going to be a top three quarterback this week in fantasy football. Boom, baby. Wow, are you going to put that in a brick? Oh, I, I just put it in the paper. It's in the brick in the against notebook. who's who's taking it? Who wants it? Who wants I mean, to I'll take it. That's the oh, I just bet. want to rub his face in it if he gets it wrong. I really don't want to <laughs> someone has to call someone has to take the opposite of this, though. That, that doesn't count. Greenland's yeah, I'm, I'm taking it, okay, but okay. he won't be a top three quarterback. Okay, so he'll be a top four for you then? Yeah. Sure. This is a uh, I'm confident great. I like the pick. This is but a great DFS. I like game. it. I hope you. I hope you win it. I agree. This is a game where you should be stacking people. Uh, yes, I yes, I hundred percent agree with that. But Zach, since you've written that in the notebook, give us while you're in that notebook, go ahead and give us a sit at quarterback. I'm gonna disagree. That's a good uh, stack because everybody's gonna be stacking this game. So do not stack this game. Well, you All could right. be tied for first. I'd like to apologize for your guys' bad DFS advice. So I <laughs> am gonna go with Cam Newton as a sit versus the San Francisco 49ers. Let me tell you something about these San Francisco 49ers. They have the 11th best DVOA overall, the 7th best against the Rush. And you may think, well, what does the Rush have to do with Cam Newton? Listen, everything. they are the everything. Because <laughs> they're the 27th best, 27th worst. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They are the fourth worst Rush or wait, fourth worst pass offense. I got there. I got there. Fourth 31, worst. 30, 29, they're, 28, 27. They're 27th. Is that Six fourth or five? Six. Sixth. They're the sixth worst pass offense in DVOA. They're awful. This is an awful team. Nikhil Harry sucks. Julian Edelman sucks. Cam Newton sucks. So that is why it's important that this is the seventh best defense against the Russian DVOA. Because they're going to be able to stop Cam Newton from run, doing what he does best, which is getting rushing touchdowns. And that's the only reason he has any kind of fantasy points. And the only reason that he is in the top 12 of quarterbacks in points per game. Cam Newton is not having a good year. I don't care what anybody says. I have been out on Cam Newton before the season started. And this offense is putrid. Putrid. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize to your eyeballs for having to watch Cam Newton play quarterback because he's not good. You're going to have to apologize to him after this, after this show. Listen, he's going to have to apologize to me for wearing whatever ridiculous outfit he's going to wear. And if I have to listen to Trey John Watkins on, on at whatever Trey, whatever his Twitter name is. At Trey John Watkins. Oh, one, one. Yeah. Something like that. Over, he writes for Titans Brawl, and I'm going to see him on his podcast on Friday. If I have to hear one more time about how he wishes he has Cam Newton's wardrobe, I'm going to fucking vomit <laughs> because Cam Newton is the worst fucking dresser I've ever fucking seen in my life, and he looks utterly ridiculous. He looks like Aunt Jemima <laughs> and... Like, You're a hater. It's You're a, just a hater. You're just I'm a not hater. a hater. It's just not fashion. It's just called because, expressing yourself with no. 
personal style. Look, okay? I can go over here, put Huxley it. on my fucking head, and wrap his dog bed around my shoulders. Is that fashion? No, it's not fashion. It expressing it's expressing <laughs> yourself. It doesn't mean it looks good. I, I don't care if you express yourself. I don't think he cares about looking good. I think he cares about feeling good. But that's not fashion. Fashion is not about looking good or feeling good. It's about looking good. It's two totally different things. Who are you Listen, to judge? Who are you to judge? I, I am I am yeah, the person to judge. Fantastic. You may think I would like to judge. apologize for this fashion conversation and also that we can't get rankings right seven weeks into the season. <laughs> I would like to apologize. <laughs> I would <laughs> I would like to apologize that people think that feelings matter. <laughs> Typical millennium th- millennial thing, Zach. Yeah. Just ugh, disgusting. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> Zach, stay with you. Give us a start at running back. It's I David like Johnson this. versus the Green Bay Packers all day long. I mean, it's easy. Let me tell you why. Because I'll always tell you why. And you can should you always quickly? listen why. Yeah, I can do it quickly. I mean, like, shut up. Y'all, y'all played me off last week, so I'm going to take my time, and I'm just going to go off in a tangent. So here we go. <laughs> Romeo Cornell is a defensive head coach, and a defensive head coach likes to do what? They like to run the ball because they're idiots, for the most part, not Mike Vrabel. And he had his most carries of the season likes to run last the ball. week. <laughs> Shut up. Had his most carries of the season with 19. He had the second highest snap percentage with 55. Green Bay is the fifth most consistent team, giving up the most points to running backs. They're allowing the second most points to running backs at 28 points per game. It's easy. Done. Boom. Start David Johnson. Done. That was quick. I like it. It it was not. For your terms, that was pretty good. For my uh, sit at running back, I'm not feeling comfortable about it because – well, he's on almost every one of my teams in fantasy, and I don't know if I'm going to listen to myself this week and sit him. Because you've got a situation with Clyde Edwards-Alaire that he has Le'Veon Bell coming in. Now, I don't know what the play percentage is going to be for Le'Veon Bell, but he's going to take some touches away. You never know what he's going to go, if he's going to get five carries, if he's going to get ten, if he's going to even be in the game. It sounds like he is right now from all the reports that I'm able to read at this point in time in the week. And on top of that, it's a matchup versus the Denver Broncos who are a pretty good run defense. I just don't like the combination of things. And coming off, he had a couple, a few bad games in a row, had a really good game last week, and it's still up and down season for the rookie. I was looking maybe, I should I trade him? Should I do what? It's just a whole lot of uncertainty. And because there's uncertainty, I'm sitting him this week. Maybe. Would you like to trade him still? Because maybe you can send me a little IBM Watson trade after this he's he's literally in the ibm watsons i saw today he was a, a part of every single trade to get rid of and i was like well maybe i should listen to ibm watson here i'll trade you ronald johnson for clyde edwards hilaire straight up what about ronald jones i'll trade you him too <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was actually one of the ibm watson trades it was straight up jones for Hilaire. <laughs> i was like no Okay. If that's the trade, you should say no. <laughs> if they suggest something, you should Jim just... Jim McGreenlaw, <laughs> shut that mouth. I'd like to apologize, Ryan, to you for Greenlaw's uh, 
statement just now. You That's should right. definitely trade me Clyde Edwards Hilaire for Tyler Johnson. I'll think, I'll think about it. Also think about whether I'm going to start him or not this week. But that's my that's my <laughs> tip for this week. Uh, Greenlaw, you have your chance to redeem yourself here in Zach's eyes and give us a start at running back. Thanks. I'm going to go with Darrell Henderson. The Bears give up about middle of the pack rushing yards uh, in the NFL to running backs. But Henderson's opportunities have gone up every single week. He's gotten more snaps every single week from week one. He's up to He was up to 53% of the snaps on Sunday. So I think if you're going to have a running back in the Rams' backfield, it should be Henderson. I think this is a decent opportunity for him. Plus, he's alternated weeks between having great weeks and mediocre weeks. And guess what? Last week he had a mediocre week. So this week it's time for the great one. He's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick of running backs. Except for he's not out of a job. That's true. And I'm telling you to start him. So I have full faith in him. If he loses his job, it will not be my fault. Yeah, always my fault. It's always my fault. But, I, but you know what? I take blame for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Fitzpatrick. I'm very sorry. Uh, you might get some booze for this one based on how the show has gone and, and how, how recent uh, turn have gone. But, but JG, give us a sit at running back. Well, in lieu of Zach's apology, I've decided to sit Kenyon Drake this week, one week after I was correct to start him last week. He vaulted himself right up to the borderline of being eligible for for the, me to start him at running back this week. But he's playing against the Seahawks, against the Jets two weeks ago. We saw him get the majority of the snaps in the rushing carries because the Cardinals were winning by a lot for most of the game. Last week against Dallas, same thing. But this week... I don't see the Cardinals winning for the majority of the game. If anything, I see the Seahawks potentially leading for the majority of the game or it being a close battle that goes back and forth. Lots of Chase Edmonds on the field. Lots of little dump-offs and getting Chase Edmonds involved to help keep the offense going. Not as much icing the clock. Definitely don't expect a 60-yard touchdown run in the final minutes this week. So for that reason, I don't think against this particular matchup, Seattle ninth overall in run defense DVOA. Don't really see them. I don't really see Kenyon Drake being a top twenty-four running back this week, so I'm gonna bench him. I don't hate it. I think no disagreements. I thought I thought maybe Zach would chime in with something, but I was wrong, so I apologize. Look now to- I've already apologized for Kenyon Drake, so let me apologize for not apologizing. A second apology for Kenyon Drake. I accept your apology. JG started our receivers off with the start. I'm going to start Mike Evans at receiver this week, and the main reason is because he's just outside the el- he's eligible by but barely because he has. I mean, he's been pretty good, but he hasn't been excellent this year. He's been amazing in the red zone, and I expect that to just continue this week going up against the Raiders. I know Greenlaw starting or is benching Tom Brady as quarterback, but I know Mike Evans is questionable heading into this game as well. But he only had one catch for ten yards last week, only two targets. Las Vegas is giving up 22nd most, that's 11th worst points, to wide receivers. Mike Evans' red zone proficiency just makes him a good bet to score a touchdown any given week. So I'm kind of banking on that upside by selecting him as my wide receiver start this week. We talked about it earlier. You can throw three touchdowns and still not be a QB1. Yeah. Both things can happen. Good. Mike, we'll see. All right, Greenlight, give us a sit at receiver. So my sit this week is going to be Amari Cooper against the Washington football team. I was very surprised to see that the Washington football team is the best defense in the NFL against 
wide receivers in terms of fantasy points per game. He's had nine targets total the last two weeks with Andy Dalton at quarterback. And almost all of his targets last this past week were in garbage time. So this is not someone I'm just sitting out this week. He's looking, he's someone I'm looking to ship out in a trade because his value is inflated right now. His numbers look great on a, you know, a per week basis, but I'm, I'm not buying into Amari Cooper going forward. Here's the thing. I, I think you're right in shipping out Amari Cooper, but I think you ship him out after this week because this week he actually is going to go off because we saw that Andy Dalton in crunch time was looking for him, and I think it's actually going to be a lot more of a closer game than what you think it's going to so be. So I do think it'll be a close game, and that's part of yeah. why I want to bench him because I think they're going to lean on Zeke and the running game. That's what they wanted to do early on Monday was lean on the run game, and then Zeke fumbled the ball twice. So maybe they lean on Pollard and Zeke again because they don't trust Andy to make good decisions, which, I mean, he clearly can't make after the Monday night football game. That is I think, true because this is a bit better defensive line or defensive right. front seven than what they have saw last week. Yeah, I think Andy Dalton could be on his back a lot this game, and for that reason, I agree. I'm kind of out on the Cowboys offense. This could easily be like a 17, 15, 14 kind of game that's like ugly and low scoring. But I also – because like even though Dallas' defense is bad, Washington's offense is putrid. So – the only thing is, I feel like Amari Cooper is the guy that's going to be, like, getting designed little, like, screens. or if he, it's like he was a, getting the first re Yeah, exactly, because they're running the backup quarterback out there. So, like, when they're, like, looking for those easy access types of plays to help that quarterback get going, those are usually going to be designed for your X receiver or your wide receiver one, not for your rookie slot receiver and not even for Gallup. And I know he was looking at Gallup a lot in that Giants game, but they were trying to push the ball down the field and, and get scores because they were they were still losing even when Dalton came in. So they had to go down the field and score points. But if they're not in that situation, like, I don't really see – I don't know. I don't – I feel Would like you people rather... overreacted to Michael Gallup. Yeah. Sorry overreacted to Michael Gallup's usage a week ago and like we kind of saw that I mean he did drop a touchdown but impromptu either or would you rather have Amari Cooper or Odell Beckham the rest of the way Odell I think the targets are better Cooper Um, what about you Ryan I gotta agree with the, the whole Cooper and the Dalton thing everything was said there and I'm actually going to point back to this conversation when we get to my flex pick uh, interesting just very interesting mm-hmm. which would notes. you rather have zach i don't know i'm thinking about trading one of them so i'm just was getting your all's advice on the air Spoiler alert. i think the cowboys are still gonna throw the ball more each week than the browns will who just i think the, rely on the, the, the well i don't think i know the browns have the better offensive line and the better defense so that makes me that goes both ways, right? I mean, it goes the better into running, defense yeah. means that Kareem Hunt should probably and uh, Nick Chubb should get it, but again, they have the better offense, so more time for Baker to either throw or throw up on himself. So and the Baker's got to get just healthy. Don't have enough. Well, he does, but the Cowboys have too many mouths to feed with Andy Dalton. It was a sustainable offense with Dak, but with Andy, it, it's not. I don't. Ooh, I don't think there's enough point. targets to go around. Good point. Great points. We're going to move the show along, though, because we'll be talking about the Cowboys here later on as well. But my sit, or sorry, my start for receiver is Keelan Cole Jr. He's he is minimum of five catches per game this entire season. Every single game, he's a model of consistency. 
He's also coming up into a matchup <clears throat> here. Sorry, which could be end up being a, a shootout. I think he has a decent matchup, and he has some. The Chenault will have some attention and look for Cole to out target the rookie again this week to put up. A, he's coming off a big week, so I'm not saying he's going to be as big of a week as he had last week, but he's just going to get up into that top 24 range and have a decent week this week based on the matchup and based on the attention Chenault's going to get. Is he really a junior? <laughs> that's yep. actually that's, the first thought that went through my head. That's something I learned this week. I'm going to change my yeah. something I learned this week to that Keelan Cole is a junior. Well, it, I, I I'd t- like to apologize to Keelan Cole Sr. for not knowing that he existed. <laughs> I would as well. <laughs> Put that in stone. We'd like to apologize to him. I'm not looking yeah. it up. I, I'm just going to assume I'm right and move on. Please put the correction there if it's not. But uh, Keelan Cole, Keelan Cole Jr., the one that actually plays for the Jaguar. <laughs> I did try uh, to pick up Keelan well, Cole it, in a lot of weeks. What? Oh. Starting Keelan Cole Jr. is extremely bold. <laughs> I believe Keelan Cole Jr. is an infant. The infant oh, so son. Keelan Cole Jr. is Keelan Cole Sr., <laughs> who is actually just Keelan Cole. So right. we, we need to apologize to Keelan Cole Jr. because we didn't know who he was. We knew who Sr. was. Correct. Yeah. And we Senior. also need to apologize to Keelan Cole Jr.'s mother, who is actually Keelan Cole Sr.'s wife. So we need to apologize well, I don't know where I got the well. senior from. I must have been mm-hmm. high or confused. I was at my, my daughter's soccer practice. So, you know, who knows? Lots of grass around there. We also need to apologize to Ryan's daughter for him not paying attention during his <laughs> soccer game. And for him going to practice high, that's not very responsible. Yeah, that's Ryan. not very no. responsible. Did you drive? How dare you? We flew. That better. <laughs> Magic car. No. You soared. You were so high. <laughs> so I apologize for calling him junior. I, I, I don't know where I got that from. So. Whatever. This is just the apology podcast. Well, what can I, I say? didn't know he was a senior either, so I did learn yeah. something in a roundabout way. Yeah, hey, there we go. That's what I'm here for, to learn. So, Zach, learn us some more stuff and give us your sit at receiver. I would like to apologize to you, Allen Robinson owners, because this is going to be a bad week to start him. And let me tell you why. It's going to be Jalen Ramsey all up on his butt all game long, and it's not going to matter who is throwing the ball. It could be Mitch Trubisky. It could be Nick Foles. It could be Jeff McMahon. It could be Smoking Jay Cutler. It's not going to matter. Because None of those quarterbacks are good, though. Can I yeah. ask you a question? Well, yeah, go ahead. Which player in the NFL has the most targets of any player? Actually, Allen Robinson. Yep. This is an onion hanger, bro. No, it's not really an onion hanger because I'm about to tell you why. Because the LA Rams are giving up the least amount of points to fantasy wide receivers. Jalen Ramsey is tied for ninth best among cornerbacks, only giving up 0.16 fantasy points per route ran. The Rams are 11th in defensive pass DVOA, and the Bears are in ranked 24th in offensive DVOA in pass in the offense. And they suck. It's Nick Foles. They suck. If the Bears win this game, it's only going to be because their defense is like they've won every other fucking game this year. It's not going to be because Allen Robinson. And let me tell you this, if you start Allen Robinson, you're in for a world of hurts. Thank you. I figured out what I did, guys. It's uh, Chenault is a junior. And so when I was comparing my notes, I must have bled that over. So that's that's on me. That's what I get. Well, thank you for completely overshadowing everything I just said. Yeah. Good job, Zach. I agree I, with I, you. I figured it out. But, Zach, go ahead and give us your tight end you're starting this week. 
It's Evan Ingram versus Philadelphia. I'm looking at it, and Evan Ingram is currently points per game number 27 of all the tight ends. That's ridiculous. How crazy is that right now, first off? But Philadelphia's giving up the fourth most points fantasy tight ends. Who else does New York Giants have to throw it to? And you know they're going to have to throw it to somebody. Too, isn't he? And let me say this. Two games versus the Eagles so far in his career, he averages 6.5 receptions on 10 targets and 6.6 six yards. Boom. Wow. Oh, there it goes. It, boom. Dropped it on us. So I'll go ahead and, and pick up the mantle here and give you my sit at tight end. I'm going with Noah Fant this week. He's coming off an injury. All signs are pointing to he's actually going to play this week. He was 50-50 last week. They're already having some some positive movement for him to play this week so it's uh, for me it's coming off the injury plus it's a it's not a great matchup versus the Kansas City Chiefs who are only allowing 10.5 fantasy points to tight ends a, a game so I don't like the matchup it's what the thing said okay 10 is a lot I know well I, I, I thought maybe in my head that's they're including two tight ends so they're splitting mm, so it's really okay. five points plus after last week what did you what did you start the show off by saying the tight end got your 13 points and clearly that wasn't good enough he only got nine in PPR because he only had two catches, but I was just shocked that he scored a touchdown. I was like, when I was watching the red zone or whatever, and TJ scored a touchdown, I was like, yes, there's my tight end start, but look at him not. And points against his 11th best in the league. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. No, it's borderline. So I'm, I'm just saying it's an injury combined with, a lot of things going on there. Plus, it looks like the Denver Broncos here recently, and maybe this is with Fant being out there, pushing it down the field a little bit to Patrick. You've got Judy on the outside. I just It's just something, the feeling that I had to go with of that top 12 points per game tight ends that I had to, to pick here. So that's my sit at tight end this week is Noah Fant. I'd like to apologize to the fantasy rankings list for the disrespect that some of the people on this thing have shown it. It's a proven fact. Guys, you just have to deal with it. And you guys need to look in the mirror and just decide, are y'all going to roll with the list or complain about the list? No, I'm not complaining. I'm sorry. If I, if I came off as complaining, I apologize to you, sir. I, well, I mean, apologize. I, I expect an apology from Justin, but, you know, that won't happen either. Because he complained about the quarterback one as well. Look, look, it's what you want. I don't complain about the you quarterback wanted. list. Parameters uh, hey, Green, Green was the one who asked if we were removing Dak and Fitzpatrick, not me. All right, moving on. There's too much side <laughs> show crap going on with everything. Greenlaw, give us a started tight end. Look at how j- smug JG looks right now. I'm the smuggest motherfucker <laughs> on the show. I think it's the bridge. Confused. <laughs> the bridge probably is. So uh, my start at tight end is Eric Ebron. Can you say birthday party revenge game? I mean, it's laid out for us right here. He's so pissed about his birth. His child's birthday party being rescheduled he's going to have the game of his life against the titans titans are the seventh worst team in the nfl against tight ends in points per game and i i'd imagine there's a lot of points scored in this game in general so eric ebron stardom and definitely i know he's not a part of the segment but if you have chase claypool start him start him start him i almost wanted to put ebron as my my sit just so i could say fuck him for being pissed about the birthday stuff but Cooler heads prevailed, and I went with Noah Fant, so here we are. Uh, also, he's inside the, he's outside the top 12, so. Yeah, well, whatever. I just want to make a joke. <laughs> Getting all over it, though, Fine, you take the ball. Who's your sit at tight end? My sit at tight end this week is none other than the current tight end three, Darren Waller. Now, Zach has sat Darren Waller earlier in this show, 
earlier this season, I mean, successfully. So good job on that one. And oh, I'm sitting him this week because he's up against the Buccaneers, who we just saw the Buccaneers decimate the Packers. Now, I don't expect them to destroy. That's like a once-in-a-season type of des- destruction type of game there. But the Raiders, coming off a of bye week, Darren Waller has been pretty much their entire passing offense outside of a few deep shots a game to Henry Ruggs when he's healthy. I just feel like coming off the bye week here, they're going to look at their offense, look at all their pieces, get some guys healthier, and realize that they can't be successful just funneling everything through one player. So I feel like you might see the usage decrease this week. Buccaneers are 13th against uh, tight end and points allowed. Robert Tanyan, who was having a great past few weeks, came up way short last week against this team. I just think that it's one of those weeks where Darren Waller is not going to be used as much because they're going to be trying to spread the ball around to like ignite the offense coming out of the bye. It's just like it's not really analytical based, more of a gut feeling. But, you know, I just think looking at the list of top 12 tight ends here, trying to pick one to sit is really, really, really hard. And Darren Waller is the guy that my gut is calling out to sit. You get a weird haircut, too. He did. Uh, that was Mario. Are you talking about Mariota right now? <laughs> How about the what are they called box break box break? Am I saying it right? <laughs> Interesting. Look. He looks like he looks like a rejected member of Crisscross. <laughs> uh, go ahead and give us a defense you're you're starting this week, JG. All right. Well, Thursday night football has proven to be uh, some low scoring games. Last week, Bears Bucks. I I was confident, or two weeks ago, I mean Bears Bucks. I was confident in when I was sat the. Bears defense, or when I started the Bears, I don't remember what I did. I was down on Thursday Night Football scoring a couple weeks ago, and I'm back in that realm again this week. Eagles are going up against the Giants. The Eagles defensive line is pretty dang good. Their offense is banged up, missing Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders this week, but their defense should be able to put pressure on Daniel Jones, who is terrible. He fumbles all the time. I bet Philadelphia recovers a, a strip sack for like a touchdown this week just with their defensive line. That's my bold prediction of the week. Write it down, baby. Write it down because it's going to happen. Thursday night football is ugly and terrible. I'm going with the Eagles defense to slow down the Giants' putrid, disgusting offense. Wow, wow. very bold. Fumble all the time. Fumble. I don't know why that song got stuck in my head when he fumbles all the time. Uh, Greenlaw, give us a sit at defense. So my sit this week is the Arizona Cardinals defense. They had a big week against Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton is colorblind and he doesn't know which team he's throwing to. And Zeke ate too much popcorn before the game and he started fumbling the ball over all over the place. Not so lucky for them. Russell Wilson, not any sort of blind. He's not colorblind. He's not regular blind, not blind at all. And he's going to shred him on Sunday. So sit him. Boom. Like it. My start's pretty simple as well. Start the Buffalo Bills. They're playing the New York Jets. Wow. It's always a good one. It's an oldie but goodie. It feels, like it feels cheap at this point, but you know what? It fits within the rules, so I'm going to roll with it. Are you worried about what happened in week one? No. Is it one or two? One, I think. No. no not at all? No, that team, no. Not worried at all. All right. No. Jets are terrible. That's true. In week one... The Bill, the Bills defense scored 11 points, so that's pretty good. It's their best week of the year. <laughs> so are you worried about that, I, I, Ryan? Yeah. Are, you are, are you worried about worried the about success? The... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you worried about the ability to duplicate such a great <laughs> week? Yeah, I'm not worried you at don't... all. The Jets surprisingly have gotten worse since then. <laughs> I know we don't have the same worldview as 
you know, JG, who's up on his his high bridge right now and so much better than everybody else, his pompous bridge. Uh, (laughs) Give us a sit on Jesus' face. I'd like to apologize to you Seattle Seahawks defensive owners who think that, oh, I'm going to play the Seattle Seahawks against the Arizona Cardinals because somehow the Seattle Seahawks are actually a somewhat good fantasy defense, even though their on-field performance does not correlate. Spoiler alert, almost all defenses suck and no defenses matter, and you should excommunicate defenses from your fantasy lineup for future league reference. The motion I can get by. However, the Arizona Cardinals are leaving fantasy defenses on the field with an average of 2.8 points per game. They Dallas was the 28th ranked defense. Jets were the 22nd. Carolina was 21st. Washington was the 15th. And San Francisco was 13th. And we just saw them, you know, go through all of this. And they've only had one defense they played against, the Arizona offense, that has scored in the top 12. And that was Detroit, of all fucking defenses, scored number 10 the week they played. The Seahawks and the Arizona, Buda Baker is playing out of his mind. Yeah, he is. Let me say this. Seahawks defense, you trash. Not going to work. How many points to give up? Because I'd said the same thing last week about Green Bay putting teams in the negative, and look what that got me. Oh, I apologize for that. Tampa Bay was the highest scoring defense in all fantasy after my. Well, I apologize. I'm going to have to overshadow you. Uh, but um, as far as defenses go, I'm pretty sure I have a flawless uh, record in sit start defenses. Just saying. All right. All right. I'm not going to even bet you because I think you're right. I think you're right this week, too. But just making careful. So let's get into our favorite position, uh, position of this show. I haven't got to play that sound effect at all tonight, hardly. So let's go ahead and play it there. Zach, give us your start in the flex. You know, the flex is not the same as a sleeper. So I'm going to give you someone that you probably have on your roster and you probably either want or are no to start anyway. But it's going to be T. Higgins and T. Higgins versus the Browns. The Browns give up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers and they consistently give up those fantasy points at a top six rate. They're always throwing. Mixon is looking a little iffy this week, so keep an eye on that as a side side note and just the sheer volume but also the emotional connection that burrow and t higgins have they have a connection i don't know if you guys know this or not but t higgins and joe burrow spent the summer up in a cabin in michigan up on lake panawana and let me say this they spent the week throwing together, fishing together, boating together, beautiful stuff. If you haven't read the story, you need to go find the story that I just made up. I was going <laughs> to say, I have no idea if that's really true or not, but I do know that both Joe and T have three letters in their first name, and that makes a connection, you know, bigger than any trip to Lake Panawanka or whatever you said. Panawana. Yeah. Yeah, and that's more they, special than that. Didn't they form that connection in the national championship game? They did. They did. You know, T saw they Joe throwing the ball all over game. him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And went so, to have their lake retreat. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's working out. That's a pretty good matchup so far. Uh, my sit in the flex this week, and just let's let's rewind a little bit back into the show, and I don't want to go over all the points again to, to fill up a lot of time here because I agree with everything I said, but just remember back with JG, the points he was making about. <laughs> <laughs> you agreed with everything you said. That's good. I'm glad. I apologize. Anyway, uh, I, I agree with everything that JG said. I'm agreeing with what I'm saying now that agrees with everything that JG said about the Cowboys and the matchup that Andy Dalton is going to start pressing and looking for his stud receiver in, in Amari Cooper. And what that means is, is that your next two receivers this week are going to have to find and share those targets between Gallup and CD Lamb. So I am sitting CD Lamb this week. It's it, with a receiver group with Dak Prescott. I'm like, start them all. They're they're bound to pop. It's great. But with Andy Dalton, he doesn't he, he doesn't have the same talent. And he doesn't know where to throw it. He's off target. And he's going to look to start pressing, relying on the veteran as opposed to the rookie. So I'm thinking the rookie is taking the back seat. Plus, this matchup, again, as Greenlaw stated, and I agree with him, versus Washington, who is surprisingly the best defense in the league versus receivers. So it's just a combination. It's a calamity of errors. It's, it's a lot of things here. So I'm sitting, even in my flex, a guy who I have been putting consistently on my rosters in the receiver slots, I'm sitting him in the flex this week, which is even a lower bar than just the receiver. Done. I like it. I like it. Did you? Do you guys think that if Hugh Jackson was coordinating for Andy Dalton, he'd actually be good? Hugh Jackson was Cincinnati's offensive coordinator the year that Andy Dalton was getting MVP buzz when he had A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert and Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill and a pretty good cast of guys around him. But isn't that a crazy, bizarro thing to like think about now, what we know and think of Hugh Jackson? I'm going to say no just because Andy Dalton was throwing to people on the wrong team that were not close to anybody else. So I, because of that, that's not a coaching thing. That's just a, I'm a terrible quarterback thing. What if? now in his career thing yeah that's true that's yeah. fair all fair just just right. crazy no that's a great point it's such a great point why don't you go ahead and give us your start and flex so my start in the flex this week is timothy jimothy patrick this one's a little bit of a risk because the kansas city chiefs are the fifth best defense against wide receivers but they've also had the eighth least targets against them so there hasn't been a whole lot of opportunity Patrick seems to be emerging as a little bit of a favorite for both Broncos QBs, both uh, Ripian and Drew Locke. Uh, Brett, obviously the better quarterback than Drew, but he's getting, he's getting targets from both of them. He got at least seven in each of the last two games. So I think this is a guy who is taking on more volume in this passing offense and can be a, a flexer for you. And this is a week after I told you don't take anybody in the Broncos offense. Wow. Interesting. I got to say, looking at this list here, I'm shocked at this next one. Maybe this is one of his valleys opposed to his peaks that you were talking about there, JJ. Who is your sit in the flex? The number nine wide receiver through six weeks is none other than my boy, Will Fuller, who you are undoubtedly thankful to have drafted if you listen to me and reached a round or so for him because he's been great. He scored a touchdown in four games straight. And like I said, number nine receiver overall, dominated against the Titans with his 50-yard touchdown against Malcolm Butler. But here's the thing. He's not going up against Malcolm Butler this week. He's going up against Jair Alexander, the Green Bay Packers. This is the kind of week where Jair Alexander is currently pro football focuses number two rated cornerback, whatever you think of PFF grades. It's just not the week for Will Fuller. It's the week to bench Will Fuller. Those weeks come up every once in a while. That's the beauty of Will Fuller, though, is you can kind of look at the matchups and try to predict when those weeks will come. This is one of those weeks. Will Fuller is a sit in the flex. 
He's in for one of those four or five point weeks. I wanted to say Brandon Cooks is my sleeper, but he's just outside the top. He's at just inside the top seventy five right now, so he's not available. But I think this is a big Brandon Cooks week, as Jair Alexander is just a great cornerback who's going to shut down Fuller and make Watson look elsewhere. Sorry, guys. I mean, what a, what a great advice to draft someone that you're going to have to bench all these weeks or who's just going to be terrible all these weeks. I'm glad people reached for this guy who sucks. Yeah, who's been like That's a solid. Look, I we have been over this many times. I said you start him when he's a great start, which has been uh, four out of six weeks this year. So he's been great for you four out of six weeks. And the other two weeks were clear weeks to not play him. So if you listen to me, you were doing pretty dang good with Will Fuller so far. Uh, full transparency, when you said to reach a round for him, I thought, I swore I heard you say uh, reach around on him. Well, that too. You owe it to him. The last four weeks have been great for your fantasy team. He's cost you more than just the bad draft position for him. This was He's he was always a bad dignity. pick. Yes. <laughs> Give us your sleeper while we're at it, JG. All right, so in lieu of Brandon Cooks being unavailable to be my sleeper, my sleeper instead will be a tight end. I know, crazy. And a tight end on Thursday Night Football, who I just, what I just talked about being terrible for scoring, I know, super crazy. But my sleeper of the week is Dallas Goddard, and it's mostly based on the fact that Zach Ertz is out, and Dallas Goddard is not out. Also, Miles Sanders is out. The Giants' defense is not very good. With these players, I mean, those are like the two biggest weapons for the Philadelphia offense. Deshaun Jackson is coming back this week, so what? Have Zach you Hurts? heard of Travis Fulgham? Okay, I've heard of a rookie Travis Have Fulgham. you heard of him? Have you yeah. made, I had, I had uh, heard Greg of him. Ward? Okay, yeah, whatever. Look, the really point is Dallas Goddard is these guys. the most Why talented. Have, you know what? I'll let you keep it. Why do I have the Dallas Goddards on IR? Is he? No, just leave it. This is the <laughs> yeah. second guy he's trying oh, to start that's no. injured. This is, this is his guy. This is his he guy. He also wanted to start uh, Cortland Sutton. Who's Why the hell is Dallas Goddard on Doug Peterson said Wednesday that Goddard is progressing well in his recovery from dislocated left ankle. What he the hell? He's on IR. Resume practicing. All right, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a recovery of the century. Comeback player of the mm-hmm. week if this dude plays on Sunday. All right. You know what? I'm taking Trey Burton instead. Screw you guys. Well, he's on bye. And I'm pretty sure he's in the top 75. <laughs> no, so. he's 84. He's 84. Okay, so we you got you what? down for I'm Dallas I'm taking Goddard. Marquise Brown, the end. <laughs> Everyone's on bye this Dallas week. Goddard. <laughs> got it. I he, can have, he can have any All three right. of those guys. None of them are playing. We're taking Russell Gage this week against the Lions. Bank it. Take it to the bank, baby. <laughs> I apologize if he edits all this out and all you heard was Russell Gage because it was magic before now. <laughs> no editing. I ain't got time for that shit. I got to work on the store some more. Oh, all right, fine. So <laughs> Greenlaw, give us your sleeper. My sleeper this week is a show favorite, Antonio Gibson. We all saw the Dallas defense turn Kenyon Drake into a superstar. He cost me my fantasy matchup with that long touchdown run at the end of the game. The Dallas defense is one of the worst defenses you'll ever see. Every play is a chance to take the ball all the way to the house. Gibson is an explosive guy. He's going to have some chances uh, to score not just one touchdown, but multiple. So definitely a sleeper pick. I was tempted to put him at my as my running back, and I was also tempted to put him as my flex guy. So absolutely start Antonio Gibson if you got him. Smoke him if you got him. 
I'm, I'm starting him at running back, not even, not even just a flex or anything. I'm starting him at running back. So I agree with you. My sleeper this week is Christian Kirk. I know he only got two catches last week, but did you see what he did with those two catches for two touchdowns? And one was, in, I, think, I think he had 85, six yards altogether. Nah, That's you're fine. overreacting to the Bill and Big Catch you boy. Wave, you can wave your finger if you want to. I like his chances. He was this good week. last week, too. He's coming, yeah. he's coming on. He's coming on. Good, though. He's, hey, hey, but again, <laughs> it's the Sea. All right, Fuller, calm down. It's the Seahawks secondary. If if I could if I could list other receivers in this lineup as sleepers, I would, but he's the one that qualifies. So therefore he's my sleeper. So I, I, I'm taking a risk thinking that they're going to try their best to stop Hopkins and he's going to be open again for those long shots. Because as he proved last week, he really only has to hit one of those plays for him to be my hit and sleeper. If it's another long one like that. So I like Christian Kirk this week. I like Christian Kirk too. And I think you saw a little bit. Listen, Kyler is a good fantasy quarterback. He's not a very good real life quarterback. And he missed DeAndre Hopkins a ton of times. DeAndre Hopkins only got what one catch that was fantasy relevant for the purposes of gaining points. It was bad. Christian Kirk, they're, they're trying to get him in any way they can involved in the offense. I like Christian Kirk. I think it's, I was in on Christian Kirk before the season started, got a little bit out of him and now he's picking up steam and I continue. I think that he'll continue to pick up steam. Speaking of picking up steam, we're really rolling towards in here, but let's keep it going. Zach, who is your sleeper? Look, when Justin Herbert was drafted, the first thing that he did was get on the phone and he talked to Mike Williams. He said, Mike, we got to go to St. Augustine, Florida, to this alligator farm, and we got a zip line. We have to go and see this guy named John Bob actually wrestle alligators. In the Everglades, let's go, St. Augustine, me and you, bonding time. And you know what Mike said? He said, sure. And you're seeing that trip actually come to fruition on the field. It's all about what they do in the offseason, these quarterbacks and wide receivers building this chemistry, and they have an unparalleled chemistry going on right now. Eight targets last week or two weeks ago versus the Saints. Mike Williams was catching everything because he's not going to let down his Gator boy. He's never going to let down the Gator boy. And – he is the apple of Herbert's eye. And let me say this. They're playing. They're going back to their stomping grounds, to where they went to, Jacksonville, Florida, the home of the Gator Farms. And these two Gator boys, they're going to go all over those Jacksonville Jaguars, who have the 32nd-ranked pass DVOA defense. And the Chargers have the seventh-best DV- offensive DVOA pass offense. And the Gator Boy is going to roll. I, mean, I thought Justin, you were going to say that. I, well, I thought he was going to say that Mike Williams said no to that trip, which is why it <laughs> took him six weeks to get on the same page. But I do like the pick for this week, and I like the pick going forward. Mike Williams does stuff. Well, Mike Williams had a little bit of injury issues. Yeah. I just was it Gator related? Well, I, oh. I can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah. Yikes. You guys have some great sleeper picks this week, and I know that because I was a little late getting to my picks today, working very hard on the shop all day long. I didn't have time to analyze fantasy football as much what as I wanted to. About? The future coming soon, Broadway Sports Media Shop, which is going to have tons of great, cool merch and apparel, and not just Broadway Sports logos, but like some pretty sweet stuff that you guys are just going to have to wait. Including and see. body pillows. Well, we'll see about the body pillows. We haven't 
no firm decisions have been made. You can yet. get your Flex Gator Boy official Flex Gator Boys <laughs> T-shirt at the Broadway shop. That would be an amazing T-shirt. There will actually. be a Flex Gator Boys T-shirt. We're already working on the design right now, so that will be coming soon. But it's going that, in Zach's notebook, Gator Boys. Gator Boys. Gator Boys. It was already in my notebook. Until then, as he read it out of his notebook. Until then, I just want to say. I was going to pick Mike Williams as my sleeper when I saw that Zach had already done so. I was going to pick Antonio Gibson as my sleeper when I saw that Rob had already done so. And I was not going to pick Christian Kirk as my sleeper at any point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, listeners, I got to apologize to you because we've come to the end of our show. Maybe. Nobody else wants to talk? All right, so we're going to be done here. Remember, check, be sure to check out all the other podcast articles that Broadway Sports has to offer at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Partner with 440 Sports. Be sure to make that switch over your Broadway account over to the Hummerdinger Foundation account. Make sure to catch Zach and JG at 1030 Central on Fantasy Overtime. It's great stuff. Follow Broadway Sports on Twitter at Broadway TN and the show at Flex on Broadway. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook and Instagram. Rate, subscribe. Thank you all for following. It's getting some big, big numbers on YouTube. Really appreciate it. We're having fun. Hope you all are having fun, too. Leave us a comment if you liked it. See you next time, Flexers. We're out. The JT's head disappeared. You're not going to do it, but you should have an apology counter in the middle somewhere or somewhere. <laughs> I apologize for not putting an apology counter. I apologize for just now getting into week preview and week seven that I haven't done more fan fiction. It was good. I that was really good. Yeah. Good. A Broadway Sports Media Production.